Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. First off, some general advice before we get into the games here. This is the first week, I believe, where we have teams who are returning from buys. So factor that into however you're handicapping these things. One of those would be the Seattle Seahawks. They are two and a half point dogs against the Bengals. The total is 45. Joe, how do you see this playing out? Hang on. I'm checking my uh, Jake Bobo props. Let me see. Yes, he's returning from by this weekend. <laughs> Aaron, unmute yourself. Son of Mike Bobo. Um, yes. No, no. Jake Bobo. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this this is a little challenging because we're all asking ourselves, does this mean Burrow's back? Does three touchdowns, 317 yards on 46 attempts last week and just go into Jamar Chase again and again, 19 times he threw to Jamar Chase last weekend, does it mean he's back or was it a product of the opponents, the very poor uh, passing defense of the Arizona Cardinals. We shall see. Uh, T. Higgins is saying that it looks promising that he's going to be out there, which w- would be a big help. But yeah, it's is it the first month of Burrow? Is it the last week of Burrow? Uh, that that's been the big question. Now, if Seattle, I view them as one of the more balanced teams overall. Their defense is middle of the pack, but offensively they are top ten. I you know overall I would put them as a top 10 team in the league. Uh, I've questioned the defense of the Bengals. It has not looked very strong uh, to start the season. This has been bouncing back and forth between two and a half and three. And I know a lot of people are going to end up playing Jamar Chase props, whether Higgins is out there or not. This would not be the week for me that, that I would want to, I'd want to go that route. It's pretty talented secondary for the Seahawks. I'm not saying they're going to shut down those elite receivers, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there, there isn't any one thing that really pops to me in this matchup because there are so many unknowns. I would suggest live betting this. If you're looking for action on this game and it looks like you're seeing a continuation of what we saw last year and it's more like the borough of last year, I wouldn't have a problem backing the Bengals live if he, if he looks that strong. I don't think you're going to lose the number against a good team like Seattle. Yeah, that's a great idea because if Joe Burrow's calf injury is really a thing of the past, then I think they should be able to handle their business against the Seahawks team. But I'm just not sure, you know, because of what we saw last week, just a small sample size. Of course, he said all the right things in the media, but I just need to see more before I'm convinced that this Bengals team is back and Joe Burrow is back. I think if, you know, they're able to take care of, their business cover the number against the Seahawks then yeah I'll probably be more confident backing the Bengals but I think I need to see it because this is a good Seahawks team so I don't have a strong opinion I don't know if I'm gonna bet a side or a prop in this one Joe Burrow is gonna be a big questionnaire and I completely agree with you but this Bengals defense is atrocious And I do Mm -hmm. think that the Seahawks can capitalize not just with the run game, but with the play action game. I think that's going to be the difference maker here. Geno Smith uses play action on more than 31% of his dropbacks. That is number one against qualifying or number one for qualifying quarterbacks. That play action rate may skyrocket against this Bengals defense that can't stop the run and can't stop play action either. They bite all the time, and I think they will get bitten because of it. 
Bengals have the second lowest defensive success rate against play action. I don't know if Joe Burrow is back to normal, but even if he is, I believe that the Seahawks offense could be the better unit in this matchup. I really do. So to me, Seahawks money lines, my play Joe. Okay. I don't mind that. And uh, Seahawks teaser. Love it. I'm not worried about Cincinnati mm-hmm. blowing them out of the water here at plus eight and a half no. lower total game. That makes perfect sense to me too. Also the Kenneth Walker over 66 and a half, like John Daigle was just talking about is interesting. That's a I good mean, look. Uh, Derek Henry yeah. ran all over him. If they, if they play with a lead, absolutely. They're going to be doing a lot of that. They're playing with a lead mm-hmm. game script. Absolutely. I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Let's move on now to the commanders and the Falcons. The ATL is a two and a half point favorite. The total a little lower 42 and a half. And yet there is a Drake London prop that I think some of us like, uh, Joe, what stands out to you here? Yeah, and you, you know, I just mentioned tasers. You can certainly pair it with Washington. Washington plus eight and a half. Seattle plus eight and a half. Mm-hmm. That does not seem like a bad look at all to me. Uh, look, if you're a believer in home versus road splits, there's something here with Ritter. Like Ritter only seems to have any sort of success at home. He can't do anything on the road. At home, even in the pros, I know a lot has been made of, oh, he's never lost a home game. It's true. College. Pro, the dude's never lost at home. Now, how much is attributed to him? That's the big question. But in the pros, he's 5-0, and and his offense is averaging 24 points per game at home, 7.5 yards per attempt. On the road, 0-4, 10 points per game as opposed to 24. 5.5 yards per attempt as opposed to 7.5 yards per attempt. So I do think there there is something there. Oh, boy, this Washington defense is just so terrible so terrible we know howell is going to take sacks so you you could look at that prop he's taking the most in the nfl 29 sacks in five games he's on pace for a ridiculous number we're going to see a better effort out of the commanders and and they they have extra rest in the spot off that thursday game um yeah and look i thought dago made a strong case for london i'm always looking at number one receivers against washington the only thing is, do they believe that London's their number one receiver? He may be a name, but is he in target share? That's my big question. Do you trust that Ritter's going to go to him again and again? Because week after week, it's like, okay, who's going to end up with the most receiving yards on the Falcons? Which one do they really trust? Uh, that's been a bit of a guessing game, but I thought that was a pretty pretty strong angle on, uh, on Drake London, and, and the teaser's a good option as well. Hmm. I'm looking at Bijan props in this one, but I don't love the numbers. Rushing plus receiving 98 and a half, just rushing 68 and a half. There's a 70 and a half. I might just stay away. I don't really love those numbers, man. If the commander's defense is bad, like what do they have? Because that was supposed to be the unit that was actually good. And it's so mm-hmm. bad. I mean, everyone was upset about the Emmanuel Forbes thing. You know, he's 146 pounds and now he's just getting burned. I get DMs from Commanders fans all the time about, oh, they should have taken this guy or that guy. And people are just <laughs> upset. I think it's hilarious. I think the Commanders and the Falcons may be a little more evenly matched. They should, the Commanders should be able to stay in this game. Right. I don't know. It's not. This is not one that I'm really looking forward to watching. 
two quarterbacks oh, that <laughs> are meh. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> they're not mid. It, it is debilitating <laughs> to lose in a game like no, this. Oh, they're worse meh. than meh. What? What's a notch <laughs> below meh, Aaron? <laughs> a notch Vomit. below meh? Putrid? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm in. Real quick, when we talk about word. the other side of the ball, uh, the commanders have overtaken the Chiefs in terms of being number one in football in pass rate over expected. That is the Eric Bieniemy blueprint right then and there. Pass the ball when everyone is, is expecting you to run the football. It's not just because he had Pat Mahomes. Eric Bieniemy just loves to pass the football a good bit more. The problem, though, is Sam Howell is still getting sacked a lot. And mm -hmm. is this a situation where the Falcons defense can cause a lot of sacks? Then this game is going to be over pretty quickly. The line is sharp to me. So I'm curious as far as like, you know, what happens in terms of like quick dropbacks and quick pressures allowed, things like that. Uh, but I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, guys. It's 42 and a half. I know it's a low number, but I like that under even though the Drake London prop, I'm fine with taking the over, but that may be all the offense that we see. So lower scoring game under 42 and a half. That's the play that I like. Let's move on now to the Saints and the Texans. New Orleans, one and a half point favorites on the road with another low total of 42 and a half, Joe. Yeah, uh, number one and a half. I, I guess we're on a run here of teaser legs because here's another one, Houston. Mm -hmm. Plus, you can get that plus seven and a half. Uh, with, with a lower total game, like it's not like the Saints are going to run away and hide. I thought that was let, – let's not react to what we saw with the Patriots last week and say, oh, watch out, New Orleans, this is a real team. The Saints haven't played anybody this year. You know, they have – they've had the easiest schedule in the NFL so far, and guess what? They have one of the easiest schedules moving forward. They're not going to play anybody all season. So it is a bit tougher to get a gauge on exactly what this team is. I, I'm not positive that the Texans should be home underdogs in this spot. Stroud still hasn't thrown an interception after 186 pass attempts. Not only is that great for a rookie, that's the best in the NFL. Most pass attempts without an interception this season. Um, yes, the Saints do have a very good defense, but I have questions offensively. Is there a coaching disadvantage when it comes to the Saints with Dennis Allen already going against a, a rookie coach? I have questions there offensively do i trust the saints yet no i don't i don't everything's still running through camara his two games back 24 and 25 targets in each of those i like the texans i think the texans are going to win this game i love them as a teaser uh the total has come up a little bit uh throughout the week we're sitting here at 42 and a half but every week saints unders just seem to be coming through i don't it doesn't matter what the number is but i like the texans side i like the texans and teasers well, Stroud's 186 pass attempts without an interception, it is impressive, but I think it all comes to an end this week because the Saints have seven interceptions this season, tied for second in the league. Paul, I think you were a week too soon, which you usually are. You're so good at predicting these things, but I think it's this week that it happens. And we're getting plus money, plus money on a guy who we've just been waiting to throw an interception. How long will this go on? I think it could be this week. I like Stroud to throw an interception at plus 124. Hi, Paul. Well, yeah, I was a week early, like you said. But, no, I like they're – these interceptions It's also going to happen at some point. point. It's also going to happen. Yeah, right, at some point. right. 
but I, I'm you also on the Texans. This, this lasts week, forever, so. public poly. <laughs> yeah, public poly, action Aspen, whatever side you want. But I am on the Texans this week. I pretty much a lot of stuff that Joe laid out, but we'll see. Uh, I just I think the Kamara could have a game. Um, which is a little bit worrisome mm. on the offensive side, but I'm with you. I'm, exactly what I was thinking, Joe. Like coaching mismatch, and yeah. the Saints. I just don't think they're a good team. And give me the team at home catching a short number and teaser legs. Obviously, I'm also teaser, on the I Cardinals against idea. Rams, which is going to be probably terrible. But I'll let you guys dive into it as well. <laughs> yes, uh, I do want to say though, uh, my model does like the Saints at minus two. So I'm going to be going head to head with you guys and taking New Orleans and backing them. Part of the problem is I don't buy this idea that there's a coaching mismatch. Not at all. First off, the Saints defense is coached really well, and that's been consistent for years now. So there is that. But also, too, Texans running backs are running into a lot of stacked boxes. Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce have seen eight plus defenders for more than a third of their runs apiece. That doesn't sound like great offensive play calling to me. You look at this defense and everybody's crowding the line of scrimmage and we're still going to run the football anyway. So yeah, CJ Stroud hasn't thrown an interception. That's going to end at some point. And it probably happens this week. Like I'm expecting it to happen at some point fairly soon. So that's one where I like the Saints there. Also Michael Thomas over 49 and a half receiving yards. That's also one that I think I find fairly appealing. Okay. As promised, Cardinals and Rams. L.A. seven-point favorites at home. Total 48-and-a-half. Joe, do you really want to back Arizona in this spot? Want to? Uh, not really, but I feel like I have to <laughs> because the Rams should not be favored by seven points, so I'm going to do that. Even though McVay has dominated Arizona, that's what he's done in his time in the division. He's 10-2-1 against the spread. The Rams have played a very challenging schedule, and the Cardinals are dealing with a big injury. I mean, J James Conner is legitimate. It sounds like they're going to mix things up, and um, uh, the Cardinals don't put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So why exactly am I backing them? Not quite sure. I think that's how we get to this number, though. That's how we get to this number, that, that the belief is, okay, Cardinals showed some life early in the season when everybody thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL and water it's fine is finding its level right now. And it looks like, okay, that this is more like the Cardinals team that, that we were expecting. And Dobbs didn't, he was pretty bad last week against the Bengals. That's the other part of it. The narrative was, Oh my God, Joe Burrow back, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow understood. But Dobbs was horrendous with his two picks, less than 50% complete. I'm expecting a better performance from him. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a one-score game. So, that, so that's why I say it with little confidence, but Cardinals plus seven. I don't think they'll be able to stop Cooper Cup. I am going to hammer over reception, seven and a half plus 110, 88 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 at BetMGM. They couldn't stop Jamar Chase at all. He had almost 200 yards, three touchdowns, 15 receptions. It's Cooper Cup season for me. I've got this as a sharp number, so no play on the side for me. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the first rematch of the season. It's our takes on the Colts and the Jaguars right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.